The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. Today on our show, we're spotlighting the work of local nonprofit Store to Door. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined by Mark Fullup, who is executive director from Store to Door. Um, it's been around for for. 30 some years. Um, Mark, I'm going to have you introduce the organization and then we're going to talk some more about it. Sure. So Store to Door, as you mentioned, has been around since 1989 um, and actually is a volunteer driven organization that does grocery deliveries to seniors and people with disabilities with limited mobility. So Imagine back in 1989, there was no such thing as the internet, let alone, let alone, you know, Instacart. And so we, we were established because of a group of community citizens who were concerned about the needs of um, seniors and elders who have limited mobility. And the organization came together and has grown to an organization that serves over 500 clients on a monthly basis, 900 unduplicated clients over the course of a year. And we deliver between 315 and 340 grocery orders every week um, through a partnership with Fred Meyer. Um, Again, volunteers help take orders, volunteers do grocery shopping and volunteers actually deliver groceries. Um, And what distinguishes us from a grocery delivery service is that for order taking, we actually ask volunteers to give a longer commitment so that they're dealing with the same seniors year to year, week to week, I should say, so that um, the conversation is not just about what kind of milk do you want to order this week, but it's about grandkids, about the stresses that they're under. And during COVID, the whole idea of social isolation became really important. Likewise, on the delivery end, we ask for drivers to also give a commitment so that they are also having that social connection with seniors. So we are groceries with a purpose, and that purpose is to connect seniors and to reduce social isolation. You are giving away the whole story. I, I, I have some questions I want to ask before, before so, so we can dig in here. Um, you know, like you said, I, I, I find it so fascinating that you know, 20 years, 25 years before DoorDash or Caviar or the, even the Fred Meyer app that you guys existed, um, I would imagine that that some of the same, although some of the logistics have become maybe easier, that some of the same intent is there. Um, talk a little bit more about that interface. How are clients, for lack of better words, how are they finding you? So it's almost as though there's the pre-COVID world and the post-COVID world. I mean, pre-COVID, it was a lot of um, direct outreach on our behalf. We have a um, community outreach worker who does go out and do community presentations, presents to senior organizations, 
to also work with the, the network of other senior serving organizations to, um, to recruit clients that way. When, when COVID hit and there was a momentary crisis to ask ourselves, can we even stay open? Um, that became sort of a defining moment where our profile in the community actually was raised because of some media that happened um, and the whole concern and the focus on seniors being the most vulnerable population that we rapidly grew to a waiting list of 120 people. Um, so that's how we've grown. Which I have to imagine that a waiting list is, is you know, it's, it's testimony to how important your services are, but it, that also has to be a bit heartbreaking. It was, it was actually a motivator more than anything else. I mean, as an organization, we've probably grown over the last um, 10 years or so, like every year, fairly substantial growth. Um, this crisis, the, the COVID epidemic pandemic, um, required us to really ramp up our capacity. And fortunately, Fred Meyer, it was, who is our grocery store partner, stepped up with us and we actually expanded our capacity by a third. And so we went from delivering about 140 groceries deliveries a week to 280, over 300 during COVID. So it was a substantial growth. When you say expand at your capacity, did you did you hire more? Did you bring on? I, I, I mean, volunteer numbers are increasing. What? How is how is capacity expanding uh, uh, in terms of the organization? So, without going into the minutia of you know the details, we basically take over two cash registers at the Hollywood Fred Meyer store on every Wednesday and Thursday morning um, to actually process probably a hundred orders a day. And in Beaverton, we had a single cash register that was basically seeing 40 or 50 clients a day uh, on those two days. We basically added a second cash register to Beaverton and our volunteer pool completely turned upside down. And the net impact was actually more people were stepping up to volunteer as drivers, as shoppers, as order takers. And it allowed us to scale pretty quickly. Um, and I actually did, contrary to many nonprofits, actually had to hire staff during the epidemic. I mean, which is, which is, you know, I mean, which is both fantastic, uh, you know, because this is the nonprofit happy hour and a lot of our listeners are working in nonprofits. So some of the minutia is interesting. Um, Fred Meyer obviously stepped up, but I mean, in terms of hiring staff, were you, did you find um, more grant support? Did you find some individual donor support? Where, where did the... Um, uh, facilities for so, increasing staff happen. So, you know, and again, this is as a nonprofit happy hour, you know that there's a wide range of organizations. I would have, it would have been pretty challenging to run an arts organization <laughs> through the pandemic. Um, and I'm sure that your shows featured some of the challenges of some agencies going through that. For us, we were sort of in that almost um, winner's circle. You know, there were some organizations that were seen as frontline organizations doing really important work. And so we actually had some grant funders forward their grant requests so that we receive money sooner. Um, we had other funders that we, we um, eliminated some restrictions on funding so that we could use it more flexibly. Um, and we actually had a large number of individual donors that, that stepped up as new 
new donors during the crisis. Um, again, frontline work, we're going to this, we're helping seniors stay housed rather than go and expose themselves in grocery stores. So it, it became one of those um, capital attractors that allowed us to actually ramp up and, and to scale up. It's just, it's so nice to hear a success story or, or, or you know, during the, the past 18 months. I, I do want to, I'm going to want to change tack just a little bit. Um, one of the things that you talked about, I mean, this is about independent living, yeah. right? I mean, this is, this is, I just want to make sure that we're, we're focusing on that idea too, because this is about delivery of food so that per individuals can stay independent. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and for us, the during the pandemic, we realized that, and knew it before going into it, but the, the idea of reducing social isolation and the role that that plays in both the mental health, the physical health, and the stability of clients is almost as important as a grocery delivery. And so, yes, our, the way we ultimately would like to measure success, and we're not there yet with our metrics, would be if we can help an, a senior who would end up in a um, Medicare-supported senior center, if we could keep them in their house six months longer than they would have if they didn't have our services, imagine the cost savings on the Medicare system just in being able to keep people independent for longer and having more agency in terms of when it is that they wanted to transition into, into assisted living. Yeah, and, and and like you keep coming back to Mark, you keep talking about the uh, the quality that's there. So there's really it seems like there's two primary touch points that store to door provides. One one is uh, with the the volunteers in your organization taking the orders, and then with with the delivery. Is that is that correct? Yes, and then COVID added a third way. <laughs> So again, in, in before COVID, we were comfortable going in, the volunteers would, drivers would take groceries into the house, in some cases help the seniors put the groceries away, open the peanut butter lid jars so they could, they could keep that going, and have that small 15-minute small chat. That all, of these, all of that went away when we had to go to delivering groceries to the person's door, six feet of distance, everyone in masks. Um, so what we did during that time is we had some volunteers that said, we'd like to start calling volunteers on Friday just to check in with them. And so during COVID, we actually added a friendly visitor call program where we have a team of about 20 to 30 volunteers who literally are still making calls to our clients just to check in, see how they're doing, having more of that social interaction. And so now we have the touch point of order taking and delivery. And we also have a friendly caller program. And according to our surveys with our clients, 70% want to continue that even as COVID ends. I mean, I would think it's really tempting uh, for store to door to, to do what you just said, to expand services for the individuals you're working with. Um, but at the same time, it, it, you know, as the organizational leader, you have to know, like you have to stay in your lane um, you know, so that you, you don't spread yourself too thin. What, what organizations are, is there, do you have some organizations that you collaborate often with? Um, so, so 
I was saying this is probably maybe even a whole other show where you bring out a panel. <laughs> like many parts of the subsector of the nonprofits, um, the work on aging and disability services is a bit fragmented to some extent. Um, probably the most coordination happens um, through Multnomah County's Office of Aging, Disability and Veteran Services Division. Um, they actually fund a network of nonprofits that are delivering services to seniors. And during COVID, the county um, division actually stepped up and began to convene us on a weekly basis initially and, and helped us organize and take leadership um, in the community to help expand services to seniors. And so we already had relationships with a number of the other service providers working with, with the aging disability community that those ties are now even stronger and our referrals are becoming way more, are becoming much more intentional so that you're right. We can't be caseworkers and social workers and, you know, in home care providers, but we can work with the network of those who have that expertise and be able to do back and forth referral so that we can have that sort of closed loop system where seniors are, are taken care of. We're going to take a, a music break in just a moment, but I want just one more question uh, that's, that's been uh, on my mind here. Do your volunteers ever give out dietary uh, advice? So if, if somebody calls in and, and they're just ordering a bag full of candy and beer, <laughs> is that part of the job or? This organization was founded on the premise that we would be judgment-free and neutral in terms of our order taking with seniors. Again, the fact that this organization exists to promote senior well-being, we also are existing to help them stay independent, which means giving them complete agency. And so we were not, we're not in the position to become the social workers or the nutritionists that wag our finger and say, oh, don't you want to go with the lean cut of meat instead of that heavy fat? <laughs> we will, in essence, deliver to seniors um, the, the groceries that, they that they're asking for because they are paying for the groceries. So the program isn't where we're paying for the groceries. We're actually just providing the, the mechanism to, to order, take, shop, and deliver Fair enough, fair enough. Mark Folop is the executive director for Store to Door. We're going to take a quick song break and we'll be right back. Shopping cart, I move through the 
This is the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm talking to Mark Fullup. He is executive director for Store to Door. Uh, Mark, you, you, you've, Store to Door is doing amazing work, and I certainly encourage people to, to check it out if they don't already know about it, and, and even to uh, um, volunteer. I, I assume you're taking, still taking volunteers? Absolutely. Now, in your spare time, you've been distilling three decades of experience into a practice-based book on strategic planning for nonprofit developmental stages. Is that something that's still happening or, or 
Has, has the past year been too busy? <laughs> the, the past year has been been pretty busy. So, so Phil, before taking this position, I did work as a consultant working with a lot of nonprofits doing nonprofit strategic planning, board development, and um, revenue planning with nonprofit agencies. And so, yeah, the intention is maybe I have to wait a couple more years till my hair gets a little grayer and I can transition to have that finally um, become a reality. Well, if you don't mind, though, we I, I would I'm sure some of our listeners would could take a little advice. Can you can you uh, put a worm on the hook for this this uh, future book and and maybe just talk about uh, you know common mistakes that you see organizations make that that you you would steer them clear of? Um, first and foremost is have a strong board of directors. Um, many nonprofits. Um, feel like there's a scarcity mentality around boards or they try to create boards that they imagine in their head rather than boards that can help them think about their mission, staying in the lane and helping them think strategically about the decisions that they make. In fact, the only reason I took the executive director position here was because they have a phenomenally strong board of directors. They had it, I knew it, and and I wanted to align myself with it with an organization that had um, that had a strong board of directors. I think the second thing is also, I believe that there's like three or four developmental stages that nonprofits go through. You know, it, there's the initial startup where your whole concept is, can I evangelize an idea and actually raise enough capital to try it out? Um, then I think nonprofits move into a place where they have to wrestle with, are we big enough and are we a strong enough to be a program or can we actually build an organization that can grow and thrive? And I think then there's that um, building years where you're having to do those balancing decisions of, do we go deeper into our service delivery? Do we go wider and expand that way? Or do we go longer and start replicating in other communities? So there's, there's that whole um, maturing, growing phase where you're actually making those trade-offs about how do we actually stay true to our mission and then I think there's a bucket of leadership, which gets into, you know, setting standards for the field and things like that. Um, so it's knowing what stage development you're in and then having a strong board to help you either stay in that stage or make the leap to the next stage. Those are those are good, good reminders. Um, Mark Fulop is executive director for Store to Door. Thank you so much for taking time. And, and just, um, you know, although a lot of the work that your organization is doing is obviously very personal and 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 very much one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, again, just a, a shout out, where where can we see you in action? You said Wednesdays and Thursdays uh, for the checkout lane, pops, possibly at Fred Meyer and and uh, any, any other place um, and ways that people can get involved to support you. So again, I think with COVID, we've kind of moved to a model where we are taking volunteers who are who can be virtual order takers. Um, our online order taking system that we use um, is online so that we can have people taking orders from their home. We can have people take being friendly callers so they can engage with us that way. Um, they can be shoppers. And again, shoppers are sometimes corporate teams, um, many times individuals as well. And then drivers as well, where you're kind of committing to, to providing that last mile of getting the groceries into somebody's home. All of those are places where you can engage with us. Again, our two store locations that we actually are in action are the Hollywood Fred Meyer and the um, Beaverton Hillsdale Highway Fred Meyer. 
Fantastic. Thank you for all the work that you've been doing and, and, and for, you know, for the organization for the past 30 some years, but in particular, I think, you know, for the last 18 months, it's great to hear that that support was out there and to have a real positive story to talk about through COVID. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about a great organization. When I became of age, my mother called me to her side. She said, son, you're growing up now. Pretty soon you'll take a bride. And then she said, just because you become a young man now, there's still some things that you don't understand now. Before you ask some girl for a hand now, keep your freedom for as long as you can now. My mama told me, you better shop around. Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. 
Thanks for tuning in.